the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. KSLR is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you'll get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of the Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Micah Coop. Hello and thank you for joining us today. You are listening to The Word in South Texas, AM 630 KSLR. I want to welcome you to our Church of the Week feature designed to connect you with churches and faith communities in our city. For the next half hour, I have the privilege of introducing you to Rabbi Stuart Fabricant of Sharesh David Messianic Congregation. We want to welcome you to the studio today, Rabbi. Thank you. It's a pleasure and honor to be here with you. Well, we want to hear all about what's going on in your congregation in, in just a few minutes, but uh, to our listeners out there that they they don't know you yet, could you just take a minute and introduce yourself and, and give us a little bit of history about who you are? Well, my name is Stuart, and I was born in a little city in New York called Brooklyn. However, I moved here almost 10 years ago. I love it here. The people are generous, kind, loving. It's just a wonderful community. I came here to retire, but God said, I'm not finished with you. So therefore, we have started a congregation almost eight years ago, and it is starting to flourish and grow. And so we're learning to be patient and wait on the Lord. Yes. Now, <clears throat> you said you came to San Antonio to retire, but that's not the only reason you came here. There's, There was something else that was drawing you to the city. What, what was that all about? We have two daughters who live here. We have two that live in New Jersey as well, but we have two that live here. And they wanted to start a family, and they wanted us to be around. There are no other grandparents, so we have the privilege of being the Bubby and the Zadie which is grandmother and grandfather for three grandchildren here since we moved here. And that's probably the highest calling that you see in your life right now, huh? It's a wonderful way to share the gospel with these young, innocent children. Yes, definitely. Well, uh, this may, I'm not sure in the past if we've ever had a rabbi on the station uh, for Church of the Week. Right. But uh, we we specifically chose this week um, because this is the beginning of Hanukkah. Right. And uh, we wanted to uh, have you on, and uh, we got to listen to your devotions all week. And just could you could you kind of give us a, a perspective of? I know that f- from talking with you in the past, you you grew up Jewish, yes. and uh, tell us a little bit about what that was like growing up in a in a Jewish home. Well, I, as I said, I was born in Brooklyn, New York, and in Brooklyn there. And the are, accent does remain, by the way. It does. <laughs> I try my best. (laughs) Uh, I grew up in this predominantly Jewish environment. Our whole neighborhood was Jewish, so we'd all celebrate together all God's holy days. And correctly, it's called God's holy days, not the Jewish holidays. Right. And you'll find that in Leviticus 23. Uh, For you non-Jewish believers who are listening, open up the word, look in Leviticus 23. It'll give you an outline of that. Uh, So we enjoyed that. We enjoyed that. And then as I grew, I became a worldly person. 
got involved in many things that I'm not proud of. But God delivered me from that 30 years ago, and I've been walking with him ever since. It's an honor and a privilege to serve him. He is the way, the truth, the light. There is no other way but him. So as we're entering into this week of Hanukkah, which is a minor of the holidays, holy days that God has laid out, there are seven major and two minor. Hanukkah is a minor, and Purim is the other minor, and that falls out in the spring of the year. But Hanukkah is actually recorded in John 10, where he went to the synagogue for the rededication of the temple. And it's a long and wonderful story. And if you join us this week, you'll come to realize that this is a beautiful, glorious holiday. That's wonderful. Now, you weren't always just in the uh, ministry of teaching and and, uh, ministering the Word. You've obviously had uh, other other uh, chosen professions. Can, can you tell us a little bit about uh, the history of how you were led to actually begin leading a congregation and, and where you came from before that? Well, when I was 30 years old, I started exploring to go back to my faith, to the Jewishness of who I am. So I started vig- visiting different congregations in Fort Little. Fort Lauderdale, Texas, where I lived at that time with my wife. And we went from place to place, and it just didn't seem right. Finally, a friend of ours introduced us to this congregation, knew nothing about it, and I walked inside, and they were friendly, loving, kind, generous people. They were having a great time. They were wearing the talit, which is the prayer shawl, and kippah, which is the the skull cap, and they had a variety of different beautiful pictures. And then they start talking about Yeshua. And I said, Yeshua? I said to my wife, who is Yeshua? She says, well, that's Jesus. I said, Jesus, what is he doing here with the Jewish people? Right. That was my first exposure at age 40, my first exposure that Jesus was the Jewish Messiah, my Messiah. Well, I came to believe over a period of time, gave my life to him uh, a number of months later, and it's changed. It took away all the worldliness. I didn't have to. It just took it away. God took it away miraculously, time after time. I wasn't looking to become a rabbi. That was not what I was looking for, but God was looking for me. He called me, called me out of the wilderness. He brought me into a holy place, and he says, I'm going to change you. I'm going to bring you into the place where you can affect a lot of people. You know, we're talking to Rabbi Stuart Fabricant of Sharesh David. And Rabbi, you know, I think it's so important, some of the things that you're saying. You know, traditionally, people come to faith in Jesus or in Yeshua uh, before their 18th birthday. Primarily, 80% of them come to faith before their 18th birthday, at, mm-hmm. and at least in America. Right. And uh, it's it's fascinating that you you said for the first time, for the very first time, you heard the message of the gospel, as we call it, right. uh, at age 40. That's right. So uh, talk to someone that's out there right now that they, they say, well, you know, if someone is past a certain age, then they're kind of whoever they're going to be. And uh, there's no need for us to, to reach out to them or do all these things. Talk about our role as believers, as those that have come to faith in Yeshua. How, how should we engage our culture? Don't lose your patience. Be pers- <laughs> <That's> <laughs> pers- <a good> word. <laughs> persevering. 
persevere, continue on. God has chosen you. I don't care what age you are. I, we were fortunate a number of years ago to bar mitzvah a man that was 65 years old. Wow. He just wanted to come to faith. He missed that. Bar mitzvah is a, a rite of passage is what it is. But I was 40 years old. I had no knowledge. I knew Jesus as the Gentile Messiah. Forgive me for those who are Catholic, but when I saw him hanging on the cross, I really thought he was Catholic. I had no knowledge or idea. So until you're exposed to that, you have no knowledge. If you hang around with people who are not living godly lives, then that's the life that you're going to be brought up with. Hang around with people who have their life together in spite of anxiety. The difference between a believer and a non-believer is when a believer has a flat tire, they call AAA, they fix the tire, and they go on with their life. A non-believer, when they have a flat tire, they call suicide prevention. You know, life is in (laughs) turmoil for them. There is no peace. But in spite of all things that are happening in our lives, there's that peace that passes all understanding, and only God can give it to us. So it doesn't matter how old you are. It's the willingness of your heart. If you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, it's time. That's good. That's good. We're talking to Rabbi Stuart Fabricant of Shoresh David. Now, talk to to us out there, you know, that may be ignorant about Messianic Jews or or the, the congregation of believers that have come out of the Jewish culture. And uh, we don't understand maybe the significance of that or uh, what role they play in our, in our uh, society of believers, if you will, or part of the, the uh, church of Jesus Christ, you know, uh, not of Latter-day Saints, by the way, right. uh, the church of Jesus Christ or the, the church of Yeshua, you know, the body of, of Yeshua. What, what is the significance of the Messianic Jewish believer? Well, we have to go back to the beginning. 2,000 years ago, when God saw it in his infinite desire to send a Savior for us, he sent his only begotten Son, who he chose, God chose, to be born into the Hebraic roots. Now, without the Hebraic roots, there is no foundation, because Christianity came out of the Hebrew roots, the Hebraic roots. Yes, sir. To do away with it is a travesty. In our country right now, there is movement to eliminate the Ten Commandments. Without the Ten Commandments, what is our foundation? Without the original, we call it Tanakh, it's called the Old Testament. Without that, there is no foundation. It's not done away with. God doesn't change his mind. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So Yeshua had to come. Why do we call him Yeshua? Because that's his given name. My name is Stuart. If I moved to China, my name would still be Stuart. If I moved to a foreign country somewhere, my name is Stuart. His name is Yeshua. We call him Jesus. That's not his name. That's his (laughs) Greek interpretation of his name, Yeshua. Yeshua literally means salvation. Wow, isn't it awesome that God chose I have a bit of empathy for the church as a whole. They're missing the joy of God's holy days. They're missing the foundation of their heritage. Without the foundation, there's no substance. A house built on sand will crumble. There are 33,000 organized religions. Which one is right? (laughs) There's only one way. 
And I'm not professing that we have the answer. But to follow the original way that the disciples, they were all Jews, by the way, Jewish message. They were Hebraic, but they got the message, and their job was to pass it on. So they came. Yeshua said, I came for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. You know what? He loves us all, Jew and Gentile. We're one new man. But if we're born white, we can't become black. If we're black, we can't become white. If we're oriental, we can't become other than who we are. God makes us one, echad, one in the Messiah. You know, that's so good to hear. And, you know, the week of, of Hanukkah, I know you you mentioned it's it's a minor of the of the holy days. But for... I know, I know you can't do it justice in, in two minutes, but if you could just give us a, a brief overview of, of what we're celebrating at, at this season right. that so many believers are, are maybe uh, ignorant or they, they, they don't know uh, what the significance of these days are. The, the celebration of Hanukkah came about simply when they took over the temple and they desecrated it. They put pig's blood all over the temple. They destroyed all the the artwork and all the things that made this temple holy. So when they recaptured it, it's a, a rededication. They cleansed the temple and they rededicated it. And the miracle of Hanukkah is lost, unfortunately. But the simple part is if you go into a traditional Jewish synagogue, I don't care whether it's Orthodox, conservative, reformed, and it matters not, or even Messianic, they usually have a light that burns, the eternal light. And that, that's in remembrance of God. So in that period of time, they had no electricity. They had only oil. The temple was desecrated. There was no oil. Oil takes eight days to purify. They found a crew of oil, and they said, well, we'll light this. And it lasted for eight days until new oil could be made, and the eternal light started to burn and kept burning for all this period of time. So it's the celebration of the rededication of the miracle of the eight days that that oil lasted until new oil. That's the simple part of it. Now, we've ingratiated it so much now with presence of eight days, which is nonsense. It's not about the gifts that we give one another. It's the gift of God's love that he gave us. And that's what the simple part of Hanukkah is. It's the story of that. We're talking to Pastor not pastor. We're talking pastor to rabbi, rabbi. Pastor Rabbi. <laughs> yeah, we're talking to Rabbi Stuart Fabricant of Sharesh David. And uh, Rabbi, would you would you maybe take a little liberty here and and uh, expound on the significance to all believers and the representation maybe that can be grasped from the celebration of Hanukkah that we can apply to our lives. The simple part. It, Part is that it was a dedication or a rededication. That's what we as believers need to rededicate ourselves on a daily basis. We need to cleanse ourselves. We can't come to him clean. He says, come to me as you are and I will clean you as I did when I was 40 years old. I came to him with all the baggage of all the things that I did in this in lifetime. He cleansed me. He took that away from me. I didn't have a desire to to be gone with all the worldly stuff. I enjoyed that pleasure, I thought. 
I can tell you the high that I experience now with the Ruach, the Holy Spirit, is far greater than that what I experienced from illegal of drugs. Of course, of course. It, it, it's, it's a travesty that the body of believers are not coming together. They're not celebrating. Forgive me, but the Jewish community doesn't like us. And I was born sure. Jewish. I, I went through the whole thing, circumcision and all. So I'm a naturally born Jew. But because I'm a believer in Yeshua, the Jewish community doesn't like us. As a matter of fact, they despise us. The church doesn't understand us. So we have this chasm. We like to consider ourselves to be the bridge, the Kesher. The Kesher is bridge. To understand that Jews and Gentiles are one, but only in the Messiah. By themselves, they're seeking nothing. Together, we can seek God's divine order for us, what he wants us to do. I so believe in that, Rabbi. That's, that's such a powerful message that all believers everywhere need to hear, that we, we need to come together and understand the fullness of who we are as the followers of Yeshua. I, I think that is so powerful and so instrumental in us moving forward. In Isaiah 42, 6, that has been a scripture that my wife and I have hung on to for all the years. My wife is not Jewish. She operates more Jewish than most Jewish women I know. Well, in Isaiah 42, 6, it says to be a light unto the nations. Our job as congregational leaders, as called out ones, is to go into the nations the nations is the church, in our opinion, and to provoke them to jealousy so they have the right terminology when they share the gospel with the unsaved Jewish community. You have to say it to them lovingly. You can't say, Jesus is the Christ. That's not his last name, by the way. <laughs> yeah. okay. You can't say that. You have to say Yeshua the Messiah, mm -hmm. Yeshua HaMashiach. You have to say believer. You shouldn't say Christian. You should say believer. You shouldn't say church. You shouldn't definitely never say convert. A Jew doesn't want to hear convert. They have been persecuted for all time. But you know what? We won and we will continue to win. The church needs to come together. They have to invite a Messianic rabbi to their congregation and inform the congregants of their Hebraic roots, not to convert them, but to inform them so they can provoke the unsaved Jews to jealousy. That's excellent. Yeah, that's a, it's a very powerful scripture we need, to, we need to take on board. Amen. Rabbi Stuart Fabricant of Sharesh David is with us today in the studio. Now, Rabbi... Uh, we talked earlier about how you came out of the world of finance, yes. and l let's get a little more now updated here with with how you got into uh, a calling to become a rabbi, because it, it that was never your intention no. at first. So no. how did all that transpire? Well, as I said, uh, 30 years ago, it was in the early 80s, is when I became a believer. I moved to Waco, Texas. I was living in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and that's where all this came about. Became a believer, then within a year, God sent us to Waco. And we had seven years, and my wife said it's the seven years in the wilderness. And we learned, and I was a big fish in a small pond. Waco has a smaller <laughs> community. And people would call me day in and day out thinking that I was the authority. So I became more knowledgeable. I studied the word. and 
we started a home fellowship. And then seven years later, we moved to Tampa, Florida. We moved there. Long story, the shorter version, less boring, is that <laughs> we started a congregation. And it flourished. It started to grow. And then I was in the, I am in the financial arena. I do biblical counseling for people. I teach them about investments. I teach them how to use the money wisely. You have to understand that God owns it all. Yes. Not 10% of it, 100% of it. And when you turn that over to him, he'll control it. Isn't it amazing? When you give away 10%, you have such an abundance, it's amazing. It's unbelievable. It's God's principle. So we started this congregation. The congregation grew and flourished. I served there for seven years as the congregational leader. I never wanted that title as rabbi. I thought it was just awesome. I'm just the congregational leader. Don't call me rabbi. I don't want that mantle. Well, nonetheless. It's not always what we want, is it? (laughs) No. The business flourished, and the congregation flourished, and I had trouble managing it. So I, I prayed, I sought God's wisdom, and he said, you need to give up leadership in the congregation, and I will send you somebody. You continue. Well, I, I sold a lot of insurance. I would share with the gospel almost every house that I went to, almost every business that I went to, I share with the gospel. I, share, I led with the gospel. I would look for a way to share about salvation. I prayed for almost every one of my clients. I led people to the Lord. I did so much God, more God work in the business arena than I did in the congregation. And I felt very happy, very satisfied. And the Lord sent me somebody. I hired him, stayed five more years. And as I said earlier, our daughter said, hey, come on to San Antonio. Well, I thought, yeah, I've done well financially. I come here, I retire, I take it easy. And God said to me, Moses, I'm not finished with you yet. <laughs> so we started another home fellowship. It led to a congregation, and here we are today. And uh, I'm still going strong for the Lord and still doing finances. Now, so. you, you said something significant there that I'd like you to j- just talk to our listening audience for a minute. You said you did more to to share the the truth and the gospel uh, of Yeshua as a businessman yes. than you even did as a rabbi Absolutely. or as a congregational leader at that point. Absolutely. Uh, tell, tell us, uh, ha- encourage the people out there today that maybe they think, well, because I'm not quote unquote in the ministry or I'm not a pastor or a rabbi or a teacher or anything, then I am I am not qualified yes. then to share my faith. Talk to them for just a minute. You know, many people have said to me over the period of time that I want to be in ministry. I want to be in ministry. Well, I asked them this question that I learned many years ago. Have you come to the point in your spiritual life where you know for sure that if you were to die this day, you'll be with God in heaven? Depending on the answer they give will be where you go with it. And then if they would come to the point and say, yes, I am a believer, I'm covered in the blood of Jesus, he's made me whole, then I would tell them, you are in ministry full-time. We take that very lightly. Businessmen in particular, they go to church on Sunday, but on Monday they're a different person. You need to live the life of what God has called you to. When I'd come home from a day's work and I would call on many people during the day, I was busy, I was active, I was very much involved. My wife said, how did you do? I said, I wonderful. I prayed for five people today. I led two people to the Lord, uh, and I did this. And she says, well, did you make any sales? Oh, yeah, I did that too. But I had the focus of keeping my eye on what God called me to do, and that's to share the good news with the world. 
Excellent. Uh, if they were believers, praise God. If not, I would lead them down that path. Excellent. Excellent. That's so good. Now, Rabbi Stewart, could you take just a minute and tell us if someone were to visit Shoresh David Messianic yes. Congregation, tell us what the experience would be like. Well, it would be something different. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we start in the mornings uh, Saturday on Shabbat, Saturday the day of rest, and it's another long, another program, <laughs> another program to talk about Shabbat. But we start ten thirty in the morning, and we have liturgy. Liturgy is Hebraic teachings, Hebraic prayers. They are not mandated; they are biblically based, but they're not mandated. And we do liturgy, giving thanks to God for bringing us to this Shabbat, this day of rest, for all the work that he supplied, all the sustenance and so forth. And then we would have dancing, and then we'd have singing that's going on simultaneously. And we're praising God, and we're just releasing ourselves from all the burden of the world. And then we come into the worship part of the service, this part that I like the best. We dim the lights down in the house, and it's seeking God's wisdom, his face, and seeking more of him. And then I would deliver a message. And then after that, we would close with more liturgy. And then we all go in the back and we have lunch together. We have Oneg celebration. So we're literally spending the day together. And then after that, we have Hebrew classes. And then we have more teaching and dance teaching. And that goes on basically from 9.30 in the morning to 4, 4.30 in the afternoon, all Shabbat. So we celebrate Shabbat together as a family. That's good. And Shabbat starts at 10.30. The Shabbat service starts service at 10.30. Service starts at 10.30. Where is that located? It's located at, currently we're meeting at a church facility. That facility is at 201 Harriman Place. It is First Christian Church. They are housing us there and graciously for four years we've been there already. They're kind and considerate, but we are looking for a location more here, here, central, north, San Antonio. We believe that's where the population growth is, and that's where God wants us to be as well. That's very good. Well, uh, we want to encourage you to, to stop by and visit Sharesh David Messianic Congregation. If you don't have a, a church fellowship that you call right. home, please feel free to go visit them uh, Rabbi Stewart, it's, it's been just a pleasure to have you in the studio today, and I want to thank you for coming in. It's my pleasure to share the good news of the Jewish Messiah, Jesus Yeshua, same wonderful Savior. Yes, and he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Forever. Can For I everybody. Get, can I give my phone number as well? I'm going to, I can give okay. all your information real quick if you'd like to. Okay. It's Sharesh David, Messianic Congregation. We're located at 201 Harriman Place. In South Tampa, our phone number is 210-499-4447. And we want to welcome you to uh, Sharesh David Messianic Congregation. If you don't have a place to worship, please feel free to visit them. And we want to thank you for joining us today on the Church of the Week feature with Rabbi Stuart Fabricant of Sharesh David Messianic Congregation. I am Micah Coop, and keep listening to AM630 KSLR, The Word in South Texas. Thank you for joining us today as we featured the AM630 KSLR Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you've got a chance to get to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you would like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at kslr.com. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.